Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, JJ Cooper here on the Baseball America Prospect Podcast. And very excited to be joined by one of the better young pitchers in the Braves organization, Tucker Davidson. And I'm, I'm excited to do this, Tucker. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. But especially I'm excited because... As I did our Saudi League Top 20 Prospects list last year, your name was one that just kept coming up more and more and more. Breakthrough year last year. I know not for you. I mean, you've been doing this before, but your first full year in pro ball starts in the pen, ends up as a starter. And kind of the that's a long lead in just to kind of ask you, you know, I mean, as you get ready to go into, you know, now your your second full pro season, kind of how how have you ended up here? What what was your path, you know, to to kind of to getting here, and I guess the starting question with that is, is when did pro baseball become a goal, or when did pro baseball become a, a what you felt like was a possibility for you? Oh, I mean, I've had a crazy path. So it was probably, I mean, I've dreamed of always being a professional baseball player since I was little. I remember I was an only child, so I didn't have brothers or sisters to throw with. So I had a brick wall outside my house, and I would just throw a tennis ball into it every day, and I would imagine pitching in the World Series Game 7, bottom ninth, every kid's dream that we always want to, like, we want to be a part of. So I'm bought in on that as an early age, and I was a football player in high school also. So, And my dad played football, so I was wanting to play football. And uh, it was my sophomore year of high school, and I had a summer coach who's like, you're pretty good at this baseball thing. I want you to, I think you should probably start taking it seriously. So started doing some real training. I was like, okay, I'm having, somebody's told me I'm pretty good at this. So ended up getting a couple offers, ended up signing to Texas Tech University out of high school and ended up deciding to go to Midland Junior College mm-hmm. and fell in love with junior college baseball. It's something else. I mean, the guys you meet, the, the coaches, the long practices and so my and, freshman year, Texas was, JUCO baseball is absolutely legit. I mean, there's oh, no question incredible. about that. I mean, I saw guys that were throwing 95 to 100 miles an hour, and I'm like, "How are you doing this?" So it was just it really eye opened me that junior college baseball is the real deal. I mean, you don't just have to go to Division One, Division Two to have good baseball. Junior college baseball is always a possibility, and I think kids kind of think, "Oh, I want to go D1, or I'm done." and they don't think about the possibility of junior college baseball. It's just it's right there with them. So you go to junior college, you're at Midland, and at that point, I mean, does it become like, okay, this is, you know, more of a, 
a realistic possibility or at, at, even at that point as you start you know working out at Midland is it still seem like kind of a, a distant dream it kind of seemed like a distant dream I had a couple scouts in high school talk to me but there was nothing ever what hey you're probably going to get drafted this year was like hey we're interested fill out a couple questionnaires for us and I'm like okay so my freshman year had a terrible fall, and I'm just getting eaten alive. And that next spring, I was like, okay, if I really want to play baseball even at the next level, I've got to figure some stuff out. So I figured it out, and velo started going up. I hit 94 for the first time my sophomore year. And some scouts were like, hey, you have a pretty good chance of getting drafted. So I bought in on it. I was, okay, I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm going to throw well. I'm going to work hard on the week." weekends after starts i'm going to do everything in my power to get drafted so i mean it's always been i want to play professional baseball it's, i just when i get my chance i'm going to take advantage of it and then the phone does ring right and it starts ringing and you're like oh my goodness this is actually happening and i found out via twitter when i got drafted <laughs> i was i'm sitting there laying in bed like I hadn't heard anything from a scout or anything like that. And all of a sudden, all these Braves accounts start following me. And I'm like, all right, what's going on? And I see on the MLB draft tracker that I've been taking. And about two minutes later, I've got my uh, area scout, Nate Dion, call me. And I'm like, whoa. And he's like, congratulations. I'm sure you already found out. I was like, yeah, thanks, Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) So what is that moment like, you know, when you realize it has happened? I, I couldn't believe it. It was kind of, oh my goodness, this just happened. And I was kind of in shock because when it happens, you're like, I'm, I just got drafted. And it's such a huge honor because so many, not very many people get to do that. And now you get to call yourself a professional baseball player. It really, it took me a couple of days to sink in. I really sunk in when I was flying out to Orlando for the mini camp. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is actually happening. This is no longer a dream. I'm actually. I'm actually going to play for a professional baseball club. So you do. You, you sign. You're, you're a pro baseball player. Then with that, how much was it like what you expected? How different was it from what you expected? I mean, I had heard stories. I had talked to other people that had played uh, pro ball. My best friend is with the Mets, and he was like, Tom, Thomas McElroy. Okay. And he was, he was hey, like, you're going to have to – learned some Spanish pretty quickly. So I'm like, oh, I took some classes in high school. I should be okay. And I remember the first day I'm out there, I feel like a bullpen that day, and there's a kid out there throwing 98 to 102, and I'm like, whoa, wait. I've never seen this before, and he's 17 years old. So that kind of hit me hard, and I was like, okay. Okay, let me, I'm going to see if I can guess it. it. Was it Jeffrey? No, it was Luis uh, Mora. Okay. But, so, but, sorry, I interrupt you. Continue. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. And it was just kind of like, okay, like, everybody's pretty good. These these Latins aren't just all talk. They, they're they pretty good. So it kind of, it took me a while to adjust. I'd never thrown every five days. I've never, I'd never came out of the bullpen before. So that was kind of a, a big change for me was I'm used to having a set day. Hey, you're going to throw Friday night. All right. I'm going to be ready for that and have bullpens in the day. And then it was... Hey, Tucker, I need you in the seventh inning. All right. Got to figure a way to get out, get ready hot, and let's get it going and get out. I I mean, I I don't want to get too focused on it, but it is something. I mean, you want to talk about a difference. You're used to, as a starter, 
if you need 20 minutes, you've got 20 minutes. You uh-huh. know, I, did you have to really kind of scale down? I mean, how many pitches you, did you have to work out how to get ready in, you know, in 15 to 20 pitches? I mean, how did that work? You know, when you do that for the first time, how is it that you kind of get to that point of, of feel like, okay, I'm warm, I'm ready, I'm ready to go in on short notice? Because, again, well, you've never done that before. Rings, when that phone rings and, hey, we need Tucker hot, all right, that adrenaline kicks in real quick and you've already thrown that day. So your, your body, you've been stretching, like, okay, I have an idea I'm going to throw today. So you're starting to lock in and that phone rings and it's you grab the ball, you get the catcher down there and you say, hey, let's go throw a couple of minutes, let's see what I have today. It's, okay, fastball's not spotting real well right now. Let's see what the off-speed looks like. Let's see what the changeup is today. So you have to, you get warm, and then you have your eight pitches out there. And that's really what, you get warm in the bullpen, and then your eight pitches out there is, all right, let's find the strike zone, let's find this. And then you got to think, okay, I've got three, four, and five here. You've got to lock in because three, four, and five on most clubs are, prospects they're pretty they're pretty good so you have to lock in and it's there might be bases loaded no outs and you're going to be i've got to save the starters era right now and i've got to get outs really quickly so it definitely it was a learning experience and i'm glad it was a big difference but i'm glad i learned how to do that so you you wrap up your first year you know which is is basically got to be kind of a whirlwind in some ways i mean because it's a long year for one thing. I mean, you were coming from Juco ball where the season starts basically as the calendar flips to the new year. I mean, exactly. so you go from that. I, I can't remember. Did you go to instructs after the year? I did not. Okay. I was going to say there, there comes a point where it's like, okay, you got to shut it down. But yeah, I was at a hundred innings on the year and I was, I was baseballed out for the year. I was and, ready for some time off and then, I took a month off of not doing anything. I was like, I need to give my body a break. And then I was ready to get back on the horse and ready to get going again. And, and I was going to say, and you also, that was the complex league, which is a, uh, an experience in itself. Uh, it's, yes. I, you know, you, you, you're not one who's been from areas where you haven't gotten a little bit used to uh, heat and humidity, but uh, the GCL is, is not exactly uh, a league where you, you know, you, you better be able to handle it being a little bit warm. Cause yes. I mean, it is hot. <laughs> it's very. Um, but so coming out of that, coming into 2017, I mean, did you feel like, okay, I mean, you, you had a, a really good debut, you know, pro debut. Did you feel like, was there any anything in particular like this is the, the off-season to-do list for me? Or was it something where just basically making sure that you were in the shape you wanted to be, your arm was where you wanted to be going into the, uh, the 2017 season? My biggest goal was I wanted to increase velocity because I'd hit 94 a couple times. I'd do about 88, 92 on those days. If I was feeling good, I'd touch a 93, 94. So my big thing was I want to gain velocity, especially if I'm going to be out of the pen because at 88, 92 nowadays is not very hard, and that's scary because back in the day from left-handed pitchers, they used to be they used to be oh, really yes. hard. So, so I was – that was my big focus. I want to get in shape. I want to be able to handle going playing from February, whenever spring training starts, all the way till August, or I have to go to instructs, that type of thing. So I really was. I had to learn how to eat correctly. I had to learn how to 
take care of my body all the time. I had to lift after I threw bullpens. I had to get ready for the, the heat and all that stuff. So it kind of took mentally and physically. You have to, you got to be ready for the long haul. So what did you do to do that? I mean, you know, there's a lot of different ways now, I and mean, this is something where it's the advantage of, of being a pitcher in, in 2018, 2017, what we're talking about now, compared to, say, 1987. But what did you do during the offseason to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to build velocity? I got a personal trainer, Ralph Roberts. He was with the Braves in the early 2000s, and he's living in Amarillo. And I just I called him, and I was, he was like, all right, what are your goals for this offseason? I was like, I want to get into shape, and I want to throw harder. And he was looking at me the first day. He's like, uh, you're going to gain two or three just by working out with me. And so I was pumped about that. And in college, I found out about the driveline program and started doing that. And I really bought in on it. And I started seeing gains in it quickly. And I was like, okay, my command's gotten better. My velocity's gotten better. And I just fell in love with doing that. And it became kind of a routine. It was, I'd go lift, I would go throw, and then I would kind of play my week out. Like, okay, I'm going to throw a bullpen this day. I'm going to work on, okay, I'm just going to work on fastballs today. I'm going to work on uh, off speed today or whatever my goal was Mm -hmm. for that day. And I would just try to master. I'd just try to, okay, change-ups. I'm throwing a flat ground today, a couple fastballs, and then mainly change-ups. And then in college, I couldn't throw a change-up 55 feet. It was was terrible. My coach was like, you've got to be able to throw a change-up as a starter. So I'm trying different grips and everything. Especially as a lefty. Yeah. Finally found a grip that I could throw over the plate, and it was, okay, now let's, let's try to get some movement on this. Let's try to get it consistent in the strike zone. And that was another big goal of last year was, be able to find a changeup because I'd heard from numerous scouts, numerous coaches, hey, you've got to go with a changeup. So that was kind of an off-season goal too. But mainly it was just my biggest goal was I want to make it to Rome. I want to make it to a full season. I don't want to go to extended. That was my goal was I want to break with a full season team and I want to be there from April. I don't want to go back to Orlando for or for extended because I'm pitching bad. It was I want to be there and I want to stay there. So you show up in spring training. Do you have a, uh, a pretty good feeling that there's, there's a little bit more in the tank, a little bit more, you know, there's a couple ticks more there than there were the, the year before? Well, the place where I throw at in uh, Annerill, Five Tool Baseball, they have a radar gun right there on the mound. So you throw a pitch and you're, you're getting mm-hmm. instant feedback. Okay, that was 92.4 miles an hour. So I started seeing jumps where I would, I think my first pin, I was like, 90 to 92 and I was like well I've never been able to do that first 10 and then I hit 95 for the first time and I was like whoa this is there's something in there this year and just kept pushing and kept pushing and wanted to keep throwing harder and that's been a goal of mine this year is I want to throw harder each year each year I want to get stronger I want to get mentally stronger at the game I want to improve off speed and I want to be throwing hard where it's great Tucker's coming out of the pen or he's starting today one of those things and we're gonna have to worry about the fastball and then we're gonna have to worry about the changeup that he has or the curveball and that's just me pushing myself each day of getting stronger in the weight room and doing all these things that help you improve over the long haul of the season so you get out there in spring training now i mean obviously you know we talk you know there's a lot of talk about you know when you have more velocity i mean what does that mean what does that mean but what did it mean for you i mean when you're facing hitters and all of a sudden there's a couple more ticks there. I mean, can you 
does it? Can you see a difference in, in kind of how the hitters were reacting to you? They were. I think a lot of them that I played with were surprised and kind of. Well, he didn't have that last summer, and I could feel the ball jumping out of my hand a little better, and I was just getting later swings on everything, and that was. That was something that I was like, whoa, this is kind of cool. I can throw up in the zone now. I don't have to just be worrying about movement all the time. It was, I can get away with some things. Like, say I throw a bad pitch and it's still 95 miles an hour, I'm getting away with it at times. I mean, hitters are so good nowadays that, yeah, you might throw 95 to 100, but if you can't throw it over the strike zone or low or wherever that hitter's weakness is, you're still going to get hit. But right, but it does of, give you a little bit more when you're throwing 88 to 92 – yeah. And you make a mistake, it's almost it's always getting hit, hit nowadays. Hit they might they might be on it, but they might just barely miss it because it was that harder. They might be late and fouling it off, and it's, okay, now you set up the inside part of the plate for me. You set up uh, away, or you set up the changeup or the curveball now. That's what I had to learn was just how to pitch now with higher velocity because I used to just, in junior college, I used to just throw fastballs, get them, swinging at it, and then throw an off-speed pitch and let them get themselves out. So, and then you get the, uh, you know, <laughs> spring training is an interesting thing, you know, because it's obviously it's something where everyone's trying to basically, you know that you are, you're trying to get your work and you're trying to get ready for the season, but it's also, as you said, I mean, you had this goal kind of sit in your head. Okay, I want to be headed to Rome. I want to be headed to Rome. That's, mm-hmm. and you know, Part of, I mean, how you do in spring is going to partly determine that, right? Exactly. I mean, it's a competition every day. Whether it's we're just doing TFPs or we're just doing conditioning that day in the weight room, it's, okay, what am I doing today to get better to push towards my goal of going to Rome? And each outing, I mean, it's stressful. I'm not going to lie. Where you have to, you're competing against Joey Wins, Tal Muller, Ian Anderson, all those guys. Those guys, hey, they're probably going to Rome, and it's like I want to be right there with them. I want to be, whenever they're coming out of the sixth inning, it's, Tucker, you got 7-8. All right, I'm going to be there. I'm going to keep us in the game. I'm going to give us a chance to win. Because at the end of the day, I'm competitive, and I want to win. And I, I'm, I've always been like, I do not like to lose. I don't care if we go 17 innings and we win. I'm happy about it. But if we go nine innings and lose 11 to nothing, I'm going to be mad about it. But you got to shake it off and – what about the next day? So you get the, you find out, okay, you are headed to Rome, right? Yes. And I'm just, I'm relieved, but now it's, okay, let's get better. Let's keep improving. And the next goal was I want to go to higher. I want to, if not, I just want to keep getting better. I want to strike people out. I want to get out. So I just want to keep constantly getting better at my game. But, okay, so you start out in the pen. And the fastball velo keeps ticking up a little bit, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you went from, was, you know, again, the year before, 88-92, touching some threes and fours, and now the pen, all of a sudden, you're starting to see fives and sixes and, and even a few sevens, right? Yes. That's got to make yeah. a, again, that you're a little bit different pitcher then, aren't you? I mean, you don't... Yeah, definitely. You have to, you have to learn how to pitch differently, I mean, I'm used to just throwing two seams out and away and letting them swing and ground out. But now it's, okay, let's, it's 0-2. Let's, let's rear back and throw this thing and let's see, let's light up a radar gun and see if he hits it. And if he hits it, make a better pitch next time. But 
it's one of those things you've got to learn each year like you're a different pitcher. I mean, Colby Allard's a different pitcher than he was two years ago. Uh, Ian Anderson's a different pitcher than he was two years ago. And it's one of those things each year you're getting stronger. You might have a better curveball now. You might have a better changeup. You might be throwing a split finger now. You've got to learn what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And you've got to keep getting better at your strengths and then improving your weaknesses. So you're kind of rolling along and – now again, I'm going to ask you what one of the ways I had, you know, kind of told to me was is there was an outing against Asheville that was kind of uh, you know an eye opener because I mean you just basically were really locked in that day. But before long, all of a sudden you're having a conversation and they're saying, okay, well, you know, we're, hey, we're we're moving you to a different role, right? It was right after the All Star break. I had, I think, my last two outings before All Star break, I went like three, four innings. And I was, I was the long man at times, and then I would close. I was kind of all over the place, but it was kind of, okay, this is weird. Came back after All-Star break and went four innings, and we were getting whooped, and I was getting hit around a little bit. And uh, Dan Meyer, the pitching coach, came up to me the next day. and was like, we wanted you to see how you were going to react last night, and we wanted to stretch you out because we want you to be a starter now. So that kind of hit me like, whoa, I just went from being in the pen for the first half of the season, now I'm a, now I'm a starter. And it kind of, it was a different, it was, okay, my conditioning changes, the when I throw bullpens, it was just, I've got to learn, relearn how to do all this stuff that I've been doing in pro ball all of a sudden. And it took some adjusting, it took time talking to Joey Wentz and Bryce Wilson and understanding like, hey, like, what do y'all do on off days? What are your lifting like? Uh, how many pitches do you throw in your bullpen in between starts? What do you do the day before starts? Like, do you have anything that, like some tips and stuff? And they were really, they were really open to it. With like, yeah, let's let's help this guy because he's going to help our team and that type of thing. And you were joining. Hey, welcome to uh, one of the most stacked rotations in the minors. Cause... Oh, it was incredible. It was so much fun to be around because. Joey Wentz, he had one of the most dominant delights I've ever seen in my life. It was just, it was, seemed like he was going seven and seven inning shutouts every start. And I was like, I want to do that. And it kind of became a competition. None of us actually made a competition, but it was. Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're charting and then you want to do as, as well. Exactly. It's not better. And it was, okay, Bryce went six innings, eight Ks. I'm going to go seven innings, nine Ks, whatever it was. And it kind of, it helped us improve as a staff overall. And Jeremy Walker figured it out, started figuring it out a lot over the second half. And it was just a lot of fun to, hey, like we would be on the game chart and the radar gun was, hey, how did the curveball look? What was the below today? Or was it sharp? Or was it loopy? Or what was it? And it was, hey, man, you were just falling off a little bit because we could see things that from mm-hmm. behind the plate. And it was, it was really fun. We could just help each other grow so much. So you go back, you go into the rotation and – but the thing that stands out is is you have a you have a, a pitch now that you're comfortable with that you did not have the last time you were a starter, right? Exactly. And I had never really learned how to pitch, so I'm having to learn how to when to throw a change up, being confident in it and allowing myself to get out with it and just trusting it. Because at first I was like I'd thrown probably five change ups all the whole time I was a reliever. And I think in the first two innings of my first start, I threw five change-ups, and I was like, okay, I don't know when to call this. I don't know when to throw it, where to throw it, who to throw it to. And so I'm constantly watching. I, I love watching Clayton Kershaw. So 
I'm watching him pitch every five days. I'm watching him. Okay, what does he do? One, two. What does he do to these guys? What does he do to the three hole hitters? What type of stuff does he do that I can pick up on? And just learning the game because it's a total different aspect. And so it's it's different, but I loved it at the same time because I was learning each day. And so you said like that with the changeup, you'd found a grip and all, but I mean. Was that the biggest thing? Was finding a grip you were comfortable with, or, or you know what? Yeah, mainly just being able to throw to the strike zone, and then I knew once I was comfortable with a grip, I could start learning how to put side spin on it. I could learn how to ch- take deal off of it. But at first, I just had to learn how to throw it over the plate. So, but once you start using it, I, the reports I have from scouts is, is that that ended up being you know kind of a, a pretty primary weapon for you by the end of the year. I mean, what what did it feel like for you? I started really liking it about August. I fell in love with it. I mean, I figured out how to throw it, when to throw it. I learned how to put movement on it, change speeds with it, and it really helped my fastball because it made them honor the, the velocity with it. It was all of a sudden, okay, that's 85. No, it's 94, 95. And so they're having to honor it, and then that helps your my curveball even more because it's okay. I he throws change up here, he could throw curveball. He trusts that. He loves his fastball, that type of thing. So it just it was learning how to now pitch with it. Now that I'm comfortable with it. So this is kind of I mean the the thing that jumps out to me, like you you said, it's it's a progression, and it's one. I mean. The, the key for this in some ways is is to kind of love what you do, is it not? Because mm-hmm. this is kind of the, this is the fun of the, I mean, there's a lot of work involved in this, but this is also the fun of it. You're discovering things as you go. You know, yes, you, exactly. I was fun about it. You're, you're a different pitcher now than you were the, the, the you know, the day that you uh, saw your name come across on Twitter. I mean, that's... Exactly, 100%. And, you know, when... You said like this now every off season you got so what is the what's the off season uh, you know the plan this year what's the goals when you it's not even that far away now but when you uh, head to Florida in the uh, not so distant future uh, you know what wh- how do you hope to be uh, a better pitcher in 2018 than you were in 17? I want to keep improving the changeup because I mean I'm never satisfied. I had a good instructs with it. I really learned how to make it move. I learned how to do all the things with it. But it was, now let's make it even better. Let's, let's be able to throw it 3-0 and not be afraid to. Or if you get behind the count, let's be able to throw it. And, I mean, I'm constantly just challenging myself of, okay, let's get the curveball better today. Or let's work on fastball command to the glove side. Or just different things. Or if I'm just working mechanically, I just want to work on throwing change-ups away or getting over my front leg better or staying back. Or whatever the goal is for that bullpen that day, it was one of those things of just getting better each day to improve myself. So whenever my name's called of, hey, you're going to Florida, or my goal this offseason was I want to make it to Mississippi at some point this year, if it's out of spring training or if it's midseason or in August or whenever it is, I just that's my goal is I want to end up in AA at some point this year. And I, I just want to find a way to what what's going to help me get there. Is it – striking guys out or isn't able to throw three pitches consistently for strikes or just dominating guys every day, every time I start, or if it's out of the bullpen again, if they choose to, they want me to do that again, whatever it might be, just how am I going to get better? So, because at the end of the day, my goal is to be a major league pitcher. I want to be pitching for the Braves. 
when this rebuild's completely over, whenever I've got Dansby and Ozzy Albies out there at the middle and Ronald Cunha in the outfield. And I just want to be able to be say, I'm ready. I'm ready for this task. I'm ready to take on anything right now. Okay, that, that leads me to one i got to ask you, which is is that you had a pretty special center fielder uh, backing you up back there um, defensively. Yes. What is it like, especially, you know, if, whether you're charting, whether you're in the dugout, you know, in the bullpen, but especially when you're on the mound and you have a, uh, a center fielder with, with the, the defensive gifts, the defensive skills, I guess I should say, that Christian Pache has? It is incredible. I've never seen a kid run like that and be able to throw like that before in my life. He made some plays like, I was like, oh, that's a bomb. And all of a sudden, Christian Pache is running it down and then flinging it over to first base and gets this guy out. And I'm like, how did he just do that? <laughs> you think or, that you're in trouble, and instead there's two outs. <laughs> yeah, he bails you out, and you're like, how did he? And then you just go high five, and you're just like, oh, my, how did he just do that? Like, It's really incredible and like how he can do all those things. And, and he's 19, 18 years old. And, I mean, you could see the immaturity in that because at the midpoint of the season, he was really, he's like, I've got a good arm, and nobody's running on him, but he's trying to make plays. And then he kind of found his own of, okay, run on me, I dare you, and if you don't, I'm going to get it into my shortstop, mm-hmm. and we're going to go from there. But it was absolutely incredible what he can do on the defensive side. And his stick started coming around later in the year, and I was really impressed on how he grew. He stopped chasing curveballs as much, but his defense is – he's re- defensively, he's ready to play in the big leagues, I, I think. And – he he does things that people you're going to see on Sports Center from years to come, and it's incredible. Okay, another kind of random question. I you know not trying to play on the spot too it. much here, but uh, you had like I said, it was a really crazily talented pitching staff that you guys had in Rome. If you were putting together a pitcher, you know a Frankenstein pitcher, you know like okay, so it could be Ian Anderson's fastball, or it could be Joey Wentz's change. What you know, but if you were talking about the ideal pitcher from the guys that you you worked with there in Rome, what would it be? You know, how would you you know what what would be that uh, that pitcher? I'm definitely going Ian Anderson fastball because that his arm is just electric and the way he can throw it down with that angle. I'm definitely taking that. Joey Ch- Joey Wentz's changeup is filthy and we played catch every day and it was how do you do that? Because um, it's, it's not just that he can lo- he's got the deception he can locate. But as you said, like when you're working on your changeup, it's that movement you throw in there that makes it all of a sudden. Exactly. Just, hey, how do you throw that? Like, it would just be, hey, how's mine looking today? And he's ripping them right back to me. And it's like, okay, I want to be able to do that, that type of thing. And then I've got to go Bryce Wilson's command. I mean, I remember he would, I think he threw like 80 pitches and like 65 strikes. And he's like, I got to command the ball better. And I'm like, Bryce, like, <laughs> what do you? what are you talking about right now? You just shoved in. And that's the fun part about our group. It was just, we were so competitive with ourselves. It was, okay, we gave up a run and we're mad about it. And it's like, you just went six innings, one run, and you're mad about it. And that was the fun part to see. Okay, well, what about the, there's got to be a breaking ball here. I really like my breaking ball, but Thomas Burroughs, he has a disgusting slider. So I've, I wouldn't mind having that. Well, you could use both. I mean, you know, that's the thing. You know, you could, you know, you could be a four-pitch pitcher. This this Frankenstein yeah. pitcher. So exactly. So that works. 
you know. Um, and then the, the the other thing with that is I'll ask you, since the Salad League had a, a pretty impressive group of talent this year, who was the hitter or who were a couple of hitters that really was like, man, you just knew it was going to be a long day when you faced that guy because this guy, he was going to battle you. Oh, goodness. There was just so much talent. Um, I think his name was Willie Abreu from Asheville. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he always he had my number. I'd either throw it past him or I'd hit it off the wall. Um, let's see. Blake Rutherford, he always put really well at bats against me before he got traded because mm-hmm. we didn't play Canapolis the second half. Randy Ventura, he was on my team, and I'm so glad I didn't have to face him because he would hit a ground ball to shortstop and beat it out. That's, that's the base hit for him. Yeah, and I'm, I'd be so mad if I was opposing pitcher because his speed is just something incredible. No, it's, you know, and then when he got traded, you didn't have to worry about it because he was in the Midwest League. So, not, you know. Exactly. N- nothing to worry about there. Um, although, you know, this year you, you could end up uh, having to face him because. Uh, yes, I could. They have, a high, they have a Florida State League team as well. So. Yes, and I'm going to have to figure out how to get him out. <laughs> you know, but. I, the other thing I did want to ask with that is is kind of just wrapping this up. Like, you now are. I mean, obviously you're still you're still several steps away from the goal because no one's goal is is to be a minor league pitcher. Everyone's goal is to be, you, like you said, a major league pitcher. You want to be part of the Braves team that is, you know, that is basically the rebuild is over and and you guys are are powering them to, you know, to wins. But at the same time, I you know, what does it mean like you know for your friends and family because. For them, I have to imagine there is a certain amount. You're in the middle of it every day, but you know, like for them, there's a certain amount of the dream. You're already in the middle of the dream now, and, and that's something that you know. I, I got to imagine it has to be pretty special. It, it is something really special. I mean, my friends will text me after an hour and they'll be like, "Hey, good job today," or "Hey, throw better next time," and kind of give me a hard time with my good outing. So let me know or. If, Hey, you need to throw better, and I'm like, I struck out eight or whatever it is. But it's fun because they're hearing instant feedback of we have a group message with a couple friends, and I'll send whatever my line was that night, and someone will be like, you stink, or you can do better, blah, 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 or cool, I don't care, or something like that. Just give me a hard time. But it's really fun to, whenever I go back home, to see all of them again because you're, you're away from your friends and family for a long time, and my mom, she made it out a couple times this year, but it's still it's it's a long season without seeing your friends and family. I mean, and you're I talking February seven, till months, yeah, you know October, really. Exactly. I mean, it's a long time, and that's the hard part of you don't get to see your parents every day. You're facetiming them on the bus at one o'clock in the morning because that's the only time you have, and because <laughs> during the day you're sleeping to catch up on sleep, or you're at the field getting early BP in or throwing a bullpen that day. So you really have to take advantage of your off-season of seeing your friends and your family because Christmas is a huge time for us because it's one of those few times that the entire family's together and you're able to hang out with them and enjoy the off time because, you know, come February, it's, hey, I might not see you till October, like, have a great summer. And it's always sad whenever I have to leave my friends. We'll go have dinner the night before we leave and it's, Hey, uh, I'm going to see you in September, that type of thing. And it's kind of, 
it kind of hurts a little bit because you're like, all right, like I grew up with you and that type of thing. And you're working now and I'm over here gone for eight, nine months of the year. And it's just hard to see. But and again, it's part of the dream and they understand that. Like we're doing this because it's something not everybody gets to do and they're really proud of us. So it's fun. Well, the last one, because we talked a little bit about what you were as a pitcher in junior college, but, okay, compare Tucker Davidson High School Senior to uh, to Tucker Davidson 20, uh, like I said, we're not going to even go into 2018 yet, but to what you were in 17. So you didn't have the you didn't have the change up. But so as a high school senior, how hard were you throwing? I hit 92 once, and I think it was because there were 16 scouts at this game. Because I, I can't remember who we were playing, but they had another – highly touted uh, draft draft pick that year and I was just geared up I was like okay I'm gonna, this is my time to shine and I remember striking them out and all the guns go down and start writing on this clipboard so I that kind of hit me and it was I didn't have the curveball I have now I didn't have the fastball command nearly I used to walk people and that I took that to heart was on every scouting report I'm sure was good arm bad command and that kind of took me of okay i'm no longer going to walk walk people i'm going to stay consistently around the strike zone i want to get people to hit the ball and get out because in high school i used to think i'm just going to strike everybody out let the stat line look cool blah blah blah. but at the end of the day guys as you get older are going to start hitting the ball they're going to ground up to your shortstop and you got to thank him each time hey thank you that was a bad pitch and he got himself out and he got me out of that so I just really learned of I got to be consistently in the strike zone and getting outs because at the end of the day that's what's going to get you up there is getting outs. How well can you get outs? I just kind of follow up with that. So what have you done? Like obviously some of it is is just you keep working and you know and also I know increased strength kind of can help command because you can repeat more consistently because you're you know you're stronger, but. Mm-hmm. If you say, you know, how what is it? I mean, are there delivery changes you've made? Are there things you've done that like allow you to to repeat more consistently, or you know, to locate better? I think or? getting a better shape. I mean, my nickname from I think it was the Blue Jay Scout whenever I was at Midland. He was your nickname for me in high school was the Michelin Man because I was six two two forty and just terrible, out of shape. I didn't look good in a baseball uniform. I just had a good arm, so that drew attention but it got to the point of I've got to be able to take care of my body and get into shape and that really helped me of opening up my hips and allowing myself to get down the mound and be able to be more consistent in the strike zone so I think totally getting my body into shape and looking better and feeling strong all the time and that's you know yeah I mean again that that kind of naturally gets you into you know better position pitch after pitch after pitch because exactly. you can do that. But, well, Tucker, I really appreciate this. I really enjoyed this. And, you know, again, it's, it's fun to me. You are now a top prospect. But at the same time, and again, kind of what you're saying, I don't mean it in any, any slight, but it's always fun to me to talk to guys who've kind of who've worked to get to that point. Because kind of by your own description, that was not, you know, if we were talking three years ago, that was not you. You know, so... Mm-hmm. I do hope you enjoy the ride. I, you know, and also the thing that's great about the guys who kind of work to this point doesn't mean if you got a lot, you know, if you kind of were, uh, you know, a name at 15 that you don't work hard too, but you've got the incentive. You've, you've got that incentive to like, to keep working at it because, you know, you've had to basically work really hard to get to this point and now to keep it going. Exactly. 
you know. But again, I really do appreciate it. Thank you for the time. You know, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, kind of uh, a look into the you know the the burgeoning career of uh, Braves left-hander Tucker Davidson. And we appreciate you listening to another episode of the Baseball America Prospect Podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.